struggle with understanding God's will because sometimes we have a hard time bringing together the teachings of God's Word. For instance, in one place, God's Word says if a man doesn't work, he shouldn't eat. But then in another place, it says, well, you know, here's the thing. Don't worry about what you're going to eat or what you're going to put on or, or any of those types of things because God will provide. So we sit and we go, well, which is it? Do I work so I can eat? Uh, do I not worry about it so God will provide? And so we struggle with some of those things. What is the will of God for my life? What is it that He wants me to do? The only way to be able to fully understand God's will is to be in God's Word. Never just going to surface read those things and go, well, you know, I don't know. What's the answer? So, so we have to dig into the Word, and in the Word we have to find God's answer, His revelation for His will for us. And as we think about that, we, we think about you know the, the Scripture that teaches us many different things, and reconciling those things and bringing them together can be a challenge for our life. And this morning in Matthew, the seventh chapter, we find the teachings of Jesus. And in the teachings of Jesus, he talks to us specifically about living according to his will. In the beginning of this chapter or this passage of Scripture, Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 through 29, Jesus talks about two paths. He talks about two choices. Two directions that we can go in life. Listen to what he says beginning in verse 13 of that text, Matthew chapter 7. Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction. And many are those who enter by it. For the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life, and few are those who find it. Now, think about that for just a moment. He has, has given us some instruction, some wisdom, and some insight in regards to choices. And he said, I want you to choose the right path in life. And there is this wide gate, and, and the path is broad, and the way is easy, and there are going to be a lot of people that take that path. But he said, there's a narrow gate. And there's a narrow path that leads to the gate. And it can be difficult and it can be challenging. And there are very few that are going to traverse that path and find their way to that gate. And we think about that and reflect on that in regards to our lives. In regards to the choices that we make. And there are all kinds of choices that we make in life. And some of those choices are, are small. They seem insignificant. They, they seem really not to be too impactful. But there are other choices in our life that, that they are life-changing. They are future-determining choices that we make. And Jesus here is teaching about choices that we make and the paths that we take. 
we often make choices in life that, that we feel will make us happy, that will bring us joy, that will satisfy us. And so we choose these things based off the fact that we think that they will make our life better or good or enjoyable. Sometimes we get caught in life and there are those around us who have a profound influence on our life and we make decisions based off of their influence in our life, what they think, what they've said, what direction they think we should take. And sometimes it's difficult to determine how do I choose my path in life? How do I choose day by day, moment by moment, the things that I'll do? Listen, every day is just a chain of choices. We make choices every single day about when we're going to get up, what we're going to do when we get out of bed, clothing that we're going to wear. We, we choose all of those things. All of those things are choices that we make. And those choices we look at and think, you know, well, they're not that big of a deal. They're, they're not that in, impactful. They're, they're not those many, many consequences to those choices in life. But there are choices in life that are extremely impactful. They are life-changing. They are future-altering. They are choices that we make that will determine our life and eternity from this moment forward. And we think about that, and, and those are the kind of choices that Jesus is talking about here. There is a wide gate there's a big gate there's a wide path and it's pretty easy and there are going to be a lot of people that are going to be on that path and sometimes we want to be a part of that because after all that's what the majority are doing that's the direction they're taking it's the path of least resistance and and nobody's going to judge me or nobody's going to condemn me or nobody's going to look at me odd or different or funny because everybody's going this way but he said they're there's an end to that. And the end of that path and that wide path and that easy path and that popular path and, and that big gate, he said the end of that's destruction. The end of that is an eternal judgment for which none of us want to be a part of. And he says there's this smaller gate, this smaller path. It's a more narrow way. It's, it's more challenging. It's more difficult. It's not nearly as popular, and there's only going to be a few people on that path. But he said the end of that path is life eternal in the kingdom of heaven. And he simply says this, choose wisely. Think about the choice that you make and how it impacts and influences your life. Now, that's critically important for every one of us. But today, I want to pick up just after those verses in this same passage. And I want us to give specific focus on a message that Jesus declares for you and I to fully understand the impact of this in regards to our choices in life. Drop down with me, if you would, for a few verses talks about the tree and fruit and all those things and and we'll we'll circle back around to that in just a moment but look at verse 21 if you have your bibles open i hope you do it says this not everyone who says to me lord lord will enter the kingdom of heaven 
Think about that for just a moment. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Now, he makes a, a key distinction here. It's about choosing. Remember, it's all about choice. It's about choosing to do the will of the Father. So in order to choose to do the will of the Father, I have to know what that will is. And knowing that will, I have to choose to follow or obey that will. Notice what he goes on and says. Hey, if that's for me, tell him I'm busy right now, okay? Notice what he says, verse 22. Many will say to me on that day, what day? He's talking about judgment day, the day that we stand before the Lord. Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name cast out demons? And in your name perform many miracles? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practiced lawlessness. I want you to think about that for just a moment. Ponder the thought of what Jesus just said in relationship to the choices of life. The choices that we make each and every day. Those profound, life-changing, future-altering, eternal choices that we make. He said, listen, there are going to be a lot of people who say to me, Lord, Lord. And he said, they're not going to go to heaven. They're going to profess with their mouth that they know me. And that they feel that, that I know them. But he said, those folks aren't going to heaven. And then he goes on and says, on that day when they stand before me in judgment, he says, they're going to say, Lord, Lord, listen, listen, we prophesied in your name. We cast out demons in your name. We perform miracles in your name. And so what are they doing? They're pleading their case before him and they're saying what? Lord, we were religious. I mean, listen, we prophesied. Now, you can break that word down a lot of different ways. Some say that prophesying is, is about telling the future, foretelling of the future that is to come. Some say prophesying is, is nothing more than, than preaching or teaching or, or expounding upon God's Word. But any way you break it down, they said, Lord, we were doing religious things that appeared to everyone else as religious in Your name. They looked at us like we were faithful people. We were spiritual people. We were spiritual leaders because we were forth-telling the future. We were proclaiming the Word. We were expounding upon Scriptures. We were doing that in Your name. Lord, people looked at us as religious leaders of the day, people of great faith, because we cast out demons in Your name. We set people free from the bondage of Satan and brought them into the path in Your name. We did these things. In Your name, we performed miracles. Miracles that, that brought people peace and happiness and, and fulfillment, contentment and joy and all of those things because they were miraculous events in their life. And we would look at people like that and go, wow, those are spiritual people. 
Those are, are powerful people in the religious world. And it looks like, from everything that we can see, that those are really spiritual people. I wonder, when we look around our world today, there are a lot of people who hold to the form of being really spiritual people. They do a lot of spiritual things. And they do it in the name of the Lord. But then he says this, Then I will say to them, I never knew you. And what's he saying? He's saying you can go through all the motions of being religious. You can go all, through, through all the motions that, that portray to everyone else that you are spiritual and that you are a, a spiritual, significant spiritual person in your prophesying and you're casting out demons and you're performing miracles and all those wonderful things. But he said, if you do not have a relationship with me, that's what he said, I never knew you. You did all of these things, but what was your motivation? Why did you do these things? What was behind your action and, and the things that you carried out? And he said, it wasn't me, because I never knew you. You didn't do it for me. You might have done it in my name, but you didn't do it for me because I never had a relationship with you. I never knew you, and you never knew me. You were going through the religious motion. You were going through the spiritual gymnastics, if you would, today. You were going through the process, and you had all of the outward appearance. But he said, there was no relationship. There was nothing that tied you to me. It was about you. It was about your recognition. It was about your glory. It was about what you could accomplish. He said, it didn't have anything to do with me. He said, I never knew you. I think about our world in which we live today. And we talk about from time to time about how it seems the church has become weak. And the church has become ineffectual. And the church has become more of a social club or a gathering place than actually the, the kingdom of God at work. And I have to wonder, I, I'm not the judge, I don't want to be the judge, I never will be, but he says on the day of judgment, there are going to be people who said, I did all kinds of spiritual, religious things that the world looked at and thought I was a super Christian, and I did it in your name. And he said, yes, but I didn't know you. Yes, but I did not have a relationship with you, and you did not have a relationship with me. And I think it's critical that we understand the choices in our life. It's not about the flash. It's not about the glitter or the glamour or the pretty or, or any of those types of things. There are people who want to make it about that. It's about, you know, the verbal thing. It's about, oh, I, I claim the Lord and, and all of those types of things. But he said, listen, I never knew you. And, and it, we never had a relationship. And, and he said, listen, you can go through all of these things and you can go through all of these motions and you can appear to the world to be very spiritual. You, you can be a, a great orator. You, you can, can do miraculous and marvelous things. But he said, none of that matters if you do not have a relationship with me. And that's the choice that we have to make as he calls us to obedience. 
to the will of the Father. Look at the text again. Pick up with me if you would. Notice what he says. Let's read those verses again. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, we did, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name cast out demons, and in your name perform many miracles, and then I will declare to them. He's making a statement, I never knew you. Depart from me. You who practice lawlessness. You see, here's the thing. He said, you, you tell me that you know me. And you show the world evidence that you are a Christian, that you are a believer, that you are a person of faith. And he said, and you go through those motions and then he says, you turn around and you walk out and you live however you want to live. You do whatever it is that you want to do. You make choices in your life. Again, it all comes back to the choices. The wide road and the narrow road. The large gate and the small gate. And he said, and you make choices every day in your life that you know are directly opposed to my will. You make choices every day in your life that you know are in direct disobedience to the commandments and the instructions of my word. And he said, if you're playing church, if you're playing Christian, if you're playing at faith, so the world thinks that you're a Christian, so that the world thinks that you're spiritual, but you do not have a relationship with me, he said, understand, I don't know you, you don't know me, and in that day I will say, depart from me. Because what? You had all the appearance, appearance of the world of being spiritual and religious, but he said, you practice lawlessness. In other words, you looked good, you sounded good, but your behavior didn't match. And you went out and made choices to do what you wanted to do. To live your life the way you wanted to live it. And I know some of us sit and we say, well, listen, that, that's not me. I mean, I, I, I don't live a bad life. I don't do sinful things. I, I don't go out and, you know, all of these things and we classify and clarify. But we must remember that there are sins of commission and there are sins of omission. Are we doing the will of the Father? Are we obeying His will for our life? It's not just about what we don't do, but also about what we do how we behave, how we conduct ourselves, how we follow the teachings of His Word and the instruction. Listen, God's Word says what? That His desire is that everyone should come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. That's His will. Are we following that will? Is that a motivation for our life and the things that we do, that we, like the Father, our will is that everyone would know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? Does our, our life act like that? Do our behaviors communicate that? Do the way that we live day by day? Oh, I, I don't do all of these wrong things. You're right, you don't. But do I do what He's asked me to do? Do I go there for? Do the uttermost parts of the earth and, earth and, and proclaim the name of Jesus Christ? Do, do I share the message? And I don't have to go you know, in foreign soil. Do I share the, share the message with the people across the street? Do I share the message of the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ with, 
with my coworkers? Or am I embarrassed by that? Or am I afraid that somebody might say something or do something? Or it might cost me a promotion or whatever the case may be? You see, there, there are sins of, of commission, things that I do. Well, I don't do those bad things. But there are sins of omission. means I'm, I'm omitting doing what he's called me to do. And that's why he calls us and says, it's based off those who do the will of my Father who is in heaven. It's based off of obedience to that will. And we make it about a lot of things, and we make it about the show, and we make it about the glitz and the glamour, and oh, aren't they spiritual, look how wonderful they are, and all of those things. And when it comes right down to it, he says, it's about obedience. It's about doing my will and making the choices in your life that lead you to do my will. He talks about it in relationship to a couple of things here that I think are really significant. And we back up. Remember, I said we're going to come back to these verses. And he says this, beginning in verse 16. He says, or or verse 15, let's pick up there. Beware of the false prophets. That's what we're talking about, right? Those who, who appear to be so super spiritual and so religious, he said, be, beware of the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. There's an important thing. What are they producing in their life? What is the product of their leadership? What, what is being brought out of, of what they say and what they teach and what they do? Grapes are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor figs from thistles, are they? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. He said, you're going to know them by the fruit that they bear. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So then, you will know them by their fruits. You will know them by what is produced out of their life. Now, Drop down with me, and we were just reading there in verse verse uh, 24, uh, and then, uh, I mean, sorry, 23, now let's pick up in verse 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts upon them may be compared, so did you hear what he just said? Those who hear my word and do something about it. It's one thing to hear the words, one thing to, to be filled with the Scripture. He said, but what are we doing about it? What action are we taking in our life? It's not, not, not always about what we're not doing. It's about what we are doing. What are we doing in regards to that? He said, for, for those who hear my word and acts upon them may be compared to a wise man who built his house upon the rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and burst against that house. And yet it did not fall for it had been founded upon the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act upon them. In other words, you don't do anything about it. Hear that? He's not saying, oh, I'm, I'm behaving a certain way. He said, are you doing anything about it? Are you doing what my will asks you to do and calls you to do? And he says, but they don't do anything about it. They can be like a foolish man who built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and burst against that house. And it fell and great was its fall. Now, here's the interesting thing. I want you to think about this for just a moment. Both of these individuals he's talking about built a house. You get that? 
They both put in the labor. They both put in the work. They both sacrificed and bought the materials or, or however that was done. But they, they both built a house. And building a house is, is not easy. And building a house takes a lot of planning and it takes a lot of preparation and it takes a lot of investment of time and resources and all that. They both built the house. We have to understand that. It's not like, well, here's a guy that built a great house and here's a guy that built a board house. He didn't say that. They both built the house. And I would venture to say that if we really want to get down to it, they were very comparable homes. Very comparable buildings. What's the difference? The difference was the foundation. The difference was what the house was built upon. And the house that was built upon the foundation of the truths of God's Word, who hears my Word and acts upon it. That's the foundation that stands the test of time and the storms of life and leads to eternity. But if I hear the Word and I don't act upon it, I'm still building a house. But the foundation on which I build it, in other words, why do I do it? The foundation on which I build it has no merit. And when tested in time, in the storms of life, it will not stand. You understand what he's saying today? It's not about how I outwardly look. It's not about going through the motions. It's about obeying His will. When I hear His word, Am I acting on it? When I hear the Scripture call me to do something, am I doing it? When I hear the Scripture to instruct me to not make certain choices, listen, Scripture says, so far as it depends upon you, live at peace with all men. Well, what does that mean? What does it mean, so far as it depends upon me, live at peace with all men? Is there something that I I should do? Is there something I should not do? What, What does that mean to me? He says, that's my will, is that you live at peace with others. Don't be in opposition. Don't be in turmoil. Don't be in conflict with others. So how do I, what do I do to avoid that conflict? I don't run away from it, but I address it according to his word and his will. See the difference? We have to understand what he's calling us to. And then I think this is, this is a critical part of this text. I think sometimes a part of the text, because it's not specifically Jesus' teaching that we overlook. Look at these last two verses, and we're going to get ready to wrap up today. The result, that when Jesus had finished these words, the multitudes, multitude were amazed at his teaching. They were amazed at this instruction. And listen to why. Listen to the next verse. For he was teaching them as one having an authority and not as their scribes. What does that mean? They were amazed at his teaching because he was teaching as one having authority, not as the scribes. Well, here's my take on that. The scribes were doing the religious stuff. They were making sure that every T was crossed and every I was dotted and that you were obeying the law. And you were showing up when you were supposed to show up and you were tithing properly and you were giving the the, the grain sacrifice and the meat sacrifice and you were doing all of these religious things that made it look like you were spiritual, that made it look like you were a Christian, that made it look like you were obeying the Lord. And he said, "But, but his teaching wasn't like that teaching. 
His teaching was different than that. It amazed them. Why is that? Because he was teaching them it's not about those things. It's about your relationship with me. It's about your relationship with the Father. And if you get that right, and you hear my teachings, and then you act upon them, he said, that's when things go the way they should. That's when things are as I desire them to be. And that's when you've made a choice that is an eternal life choice. Four things as we prepare to close. The first one is this. Choose wisely the narrow path that leads to eternal life. Make that choice for your life. Nobody else can make it for you. You can't make it for anyone else. Choose wisely the narrow path and the narrow gate that leads to eternal life. The fruit of our life is the evidence of our choice. The fruit of our life is the evidence of our choice. Have a real relationship with the Lord. It's the most important thing that I can tell you. Don't just act like a Christian. Don't just act like you're religious or spiritual. Have a real relationship with the Lord. Know Him and be known by Him. And then build your house, your faith, on a foundation that will stand the storms of life and eternity. Hear the Word and act upon that Word. And He says, in that is what it means to live for me and to be a Christian. We're going to sing an invitation hymn this morning. Perhaps there's a decision on your heart, a need in your life. But understand, not everyone...